0: Welcome to another edition of Propping You Up. Absolutely butchered the beginning of my intro there because it's usually it goes a different way. So let me try that again for the live folks here. I'm your host, Man Preet, aka MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on social media at MMA LOTN. This week, joined by a short notice replacement uh a club and sub fellow as well so coming from the same group of guys uh so we're pretty uh sure that the quality of breakdowns are going to be high level just as well uh we got my guy danny legs legs what's going on brother
1: not too much man just taking taking my lunch break here happy to you know chat it up chat some mma pretty much with anybody at all times and yeah Happy to be here, you know?
0: Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Uh, Funnily enough, uh, Danny was one of the first guys to kind of reach out to me to be like, hey, if you ever need somebody for the Prop New Up show, I got your back. I got got an eye for the props. And I know he does. Uh, So I did reach out to him. Unfortunately, our schedules were not able to kind of work out. uh, And John was able to step in. But... Uh I'm glad that I was still able to get him into the show here uh even if it's on short notice we can still get his props as well. I know my guy is doing it from the car right now, doing it for for his lunchtime. I believe he's he's in line for Chick-fil-A right now and I'm hoping that he's going to order me something and toss it all the way from Florida up to here in Toronto cuz I would love to chow down on that as well. But we know he he knows what he's talking about with his props, and I can't wait to share it with you guys as well. So let's keep this thing nice and official. We're going to get right into the uh, first fight of the night. Uh, we got they, – they keep changing around the goddamn uh, – uh, order of it so let me just quickly see what topology has so first fight according to topology is going to be jesse Strader against chad and heliger uh in terms of odds we got some chalk on the canadian side uh he's coming in at minus 250 plus 200 the return on jesse Strader. um i saw you tweet out this prop a little bit earlier this week and i'm like that's the one that i want as well and that's exactly what i ended up pulling the trigger on uh and that exactly is the under two and a half um jesse Strader, i believe Uh, six out of the seven fights have finished inside the distance. I believe on the flip side for Chad and Hellinger, it's 14 out of 16 fights that have finished inside the distance. Both guys like to throw a big heat. Both guys... Like to strike mainly, and I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for these guys to go out there and find that knockout blow. The only thing that's kind of keeping me away from making this like a lock of the night type of play is I, I there's just something in the back of my head that's just like this could be one of those spots where it's just a 15 minute barn burner and neither guy actually fully goes out. I do think eventually that and Heliger will be able to find that knockout blow as Strader does get a little bit too over aggressive at times, he likes to wing his hooks a little bit too much. Uh, but he throws with a ton of power. I think he could catch on Hellegrd at a certain point. And shout out, shout out to anybody that took the shot on Strader as well, because I do think the line is inaccurate. But rather than taking the the, the dog shot on uh, Simple Jack, I'm going to be taking the violence bet here at the under two and a half instead. What what is there any other prop that you specifically like for this one? And then ultimately, who do you think gets their hand raised as well?
1: Yeah, no, there's really nothing too too much to. Add, I guess I like the under two and a half, like I said as well. I have the under two and a half minus 125, small play for me as well. I guess I would say the only qualm I would have of it again, like, like you said, not having like a huge play on it, maybe just the uh, we haven't really seen on knocked out before, yeah, his durability seems you know just su- suspect. I would say like his defense is fairly suspect, but I don't think there's too much concern. I think these guys are going to come to bang, and you know, how you set up this fight perfectly, like I, li- I like talking about props because I think this this card in particular i don't think there's a ton of money lines that really stick out to me i think there's a lot of props that more so speak out to me but even that even then so i don't think there's a ton of great props to be had on this card i think there's a couple handful here and there but not a ton but this one definitely sticks out to me i like the under two and a half i think these guys are going to come to bang and both of these guys are defensively flawed enough that i think it's going to come you know look pretty easy at minus 125.
0: I've seen a couple of people actually take the uh, the submission prop on that on and Heligro, which is currently sitting around plus four hundred or plus five hundred depending on where you're looking at. i could I could see that as a potential. You know, I do know he has those submissions up his back pocket in case he needs it. Uh, but I do think that this will be more of a firefight than anything. All right, let's move on to the next fight here. Uh we got Deanna Balbita going up against Gloria De Paula. In terms of odds, we're looking at minus one twenty for Balbita and plus one hundred the return on Gloria De Paula. Um Interesting fight here between two mainly strikers, right? Balbita, when you watch her on the regional scene, she's just a firecracker moving forward, just throwing hellacious shots and wild winging uh, hooks and kind of reckless, right? But that's just kind of the level of competition she was fighting over there. She could do that and get away with it. But then when she came into the UFC, they introduced grappling. Something that our didn't seem to uh, have in the rules or something. Uh, but I do think that uh, Molly McCann obviously opened her eyes to it. And then even uh, Liana Jojo, which the interesting part of that fight was she was the one that went for the takedown and ultimately got submitted that night, uh, which was hilarious. Uh, looks like my man uh, Danny's about to be making his Chick-fil-A order. I'm hoping he's dropping one for me as well. But either way, I'm going to continue on with this uh, breakdown until he finishes order there. But uh, yeah. Uh, pick them line here, I kind of get it, but I think people are just uh, counting out uh, GDP a little bit too quickly here. I know she got knocked out during the last fight by Cheyenne uh, uh, Vlismas in a spot where you know she got taken down, but she's working right back to her feet. And then eventually got caught with that kick. And then the fight before that, she, you know, shit the bet is a pretty big favorite against Jin Yu Fry. And I think that's why people are low on her especially considering on the flip side with Deanna Balbita, we have a great performance from her uh, against Hannah Goldie, where she was able to show off her striking and show that she could actually go a full 15 minutes if that's what's required of her. However, I think that DePaulo is actually the better striker here. A little bit more discipline, great leg kicks, and I think she'll be able to kind of counter uh, Diana Balbita whenever Belbita tries to cla- crash forward and get her wild striking off. Uh, I like be- uh, DePaulo. I'm not... Uh, I'm not counting out a possible De Paula via KO at plus 500. I think that's a little bit juicy, especially considering how wild De Paula gets, or sorry, the uh, Belbita gets at times. But my official prediction was De Paula by decision at plus 200 because I could see this go in the full 50 minutes where she just has a cleaner striking performance compared to the wild style of Belbita. The only thing that concerns me, and then I'll pass this on over to you, Danny, is the potential volume that Belbita might have on De Paola because DePaulo might be trying to keep it uh, a little bit more crisp and clean whereas Balbita is just going to be throwing volume out there and maybe optically that's what the judges will see a little bit more but I do like the DePaulo side cleaner, better striker in my opinion and I think she gets her hand raised here intrigued by the KO prop but I ultimately think she gets it done by decision how do you like this one?
1: know, was funny we were talking about it on our podcast last night and i kind of think similar similar point here we go from one of the lowest level men's fights jesse Strader and Chad hellinger <laughs> to now one of the lowest level women's fights in diana Albita and um corey so i i don't really i don't really have a strong take here I, I again i kind of think similar to the last fight i think violence could be a good look here i think both of these girls are very offensively minded and both lack defense for lack of a better word really i think it's a very low level women's mma and I think this is your, you know, 1-800-GAMBLER type of fight. Like, I don't I don't see how why, you know, anybody should have supreme confidence on either of these girls around that pick-em line, really. To me, I mean, I'll go conversely to you, to be honest with you. I think B- be the, just the volume and the aggression in her striking, I think could win her the dance. But again, it's like... I don't really have supreme confidence. It's a pick em line. These girls have low fight IQ. I'm just not not really trying to get my money involved. Uh
0: in, in terms of a prop specifically, you think this goes the full oh, it looks like he's a little bit wrapped up right now, but we'll get right back to him. Uh again, I'm saying fight goes to decision. I'm saying uh De Paula by decision. Sorry, Danny, sorry about that. Yeah, no no worries, no worries. Uh what's the prop that you're liking the most? You see this going the full fifteen?
1: So again, it's I think it's a tough one because you just have two girls that are not very defensively minded. Yeah. So it's like, I guess, gun to my head, I would probably say you go beat a by decision. But I think it could, you just could have some sweaty moments in there. But yeah, Belbita by decision would be my lean.
0: Awesome, awesome. All right, let's keep this moving along here. Next up, we got Chaz Skelly, apparently in his retirement fight here, going up against Mark Striegel. Uh, interesting note about this fight. Uh, they both have an 18 and 3 record, which I found hilarious when I was doing the tape study here uh, to see them have the same exact record there. Uh, but in terms of odds, we got minus 200 on Chaz Skelly, plus 170 the return on Mark Striegel. Now, both of these guys are grapple heavy uh, or grapple minded in a sense, right? They want to drag their fight to the ground uh but i think that skelly will have the slight advantage here in terms of the scrambling right uh, there will more than likely be a ton of scrambles in this fight and i think that we'll see uh skelly be the one that actually comes out on top shugel has now aligned himself with the mma lab he's down there in arizona but i'm not sure how, that, how much that's going to help out with him uh in regards to his cardio which seems to be atrocious when he's uh pushed to that second and third rounds I know he got starched by Said Nurmagomedov in his UFC debut. Uh this is a slightly more favorable matchup for him, but I still do think that Skelly's going to be able to go out there and, and pretty much beat him to each position. I do like uh Skelly in this spot. Uh Skelly round 3 obviously sticks out to me a whole lot here. That's currently sticking around that plus 1000 range. Uh Skelly inside the distance uh is also intriguing to me as well. Um but it, the only prop i will likely take here is that Skelly round 3 uh, I I think that's where he gets it done i just don't think that strego is going to be able to keep up with that pace just watch that jordan griffin fight with chas kelly and you'll see exactly what the hell i mean reversals after reversals uh there were a ton of uh moments here sorry let me just pull it up i had this uh statistic written down for this fight um uh, here we go. It, it, there was a total of 11 minutes and 30 seconds of control time. I'm talking about the Jordan Griffin and Chas Skelly accumulated 11 minutes and 30 seconds of control time, five total submission attempts and three for uh, reversals combined. It was a very grapple I have you fight. Very fun to watch if you guys like that stuff. And I'm thinking we're going to get the same here, but it's going to be a little bit more one sided with Chas Skelly getting his hand raised and hopefully via that third round prop because I love that. What are you seeing here, man?
1: Yeah, I'm not really disagreeing with you with the side. I like I like Chaz Skelly here, but it's just it's tough to really pay this price tag the minus two fifteen line with you know Skelly coming off of this long layoff. You don't really know where he's at training wise, and not to mention like you just brought up the retirement fight. I mean, he's been talking all this week. Oh, this is going to be potentially my last fight. Like, it's tough to really get behind a kind of guy like that. You know, we saw last week obviously it was Roxanne. Um but yeah, I mean, for me, you you nailed it with the cardio aspect. I think the the Skelly cardio advantage here really is what's going to win him the dance but i just don't have supreme confidence obviously to lay that money line but i think from a prop perspective i was looking at it a little bit from a violence perspective but again not a strong take here either but the fight ends in submission ends by submission at plus 130 not horrible but again it's again another fight i'm just not looking to uh, invest heavily
0: yeah i can hear that aspect again there are those x factors coming into this it's a long layout for both guys uh, a ton of injuries for the chad skelly side as well and that seems to be the side that we like the most but uh, you definitely got to question all those x factors outside of the cage and what they could do to impact what happens inside of the cage but yeah i'm right there with you with the violence but hopefully that round three prop because i'll definitely be sprinkling that four digit plus numbers on the round threes i'm all over that shit if i see any angle for it and i definitely see the angle in this fight as well All right, let's move on to the next fight. We got Jessica Rose Clark coming in at minus 180. Stephanie Egger coming in at plus 155. Seems like there's been Egger money coming in over the last couple of days. Uh, She was around that plus 170 mark. Now she's down to plus 150. And I get it. I'm right there with them. You know, I I was very close to pulling the trigger on Stephanie Egger myself. I feel like the line is starting to get away from me. Uh, I still feel like there's a little bit of value there as well. The only question is, how does jessica rose clark approach this fight in the last two fights we've seen her go out there and just try to grapple try to drag the fight to the ground really outmuscle her opponents there and she was successful in doing that right she was the better uh grappler against sarah alpar she was obviously the better grappler against jocelyn edwards but we saw her start to slow down in the edwards fight especially as um uh you know it, as edwards was kind of throwing up submissions trying to get back to her feet she was really making jessica uh work uh, from from on top, and I think we could see the same thing here for with Stephanie Eager. The difference being, and it looks like we just lost Danny Legs. Hopefully, he'll be able to jump right back in here again. Appreciate him doing this on the fly with your boy with our guy John uh, hopping out last uh, minute there. But uh, continuing on about the Stephanie Yeager fight, um, I could see if Jessica Rose goes out there and tries to grapple uh, heavily like she has in the last two fights, we could see Edgar go out there and maybe uh, pull off some sort of judo throw or uh, redirect her uh, momentum and get a takedown of her own. She seems to be very uh, well crafted in there. Now I see a lot of people you know, alluding to the Tracy Cortez fight as to why Stephanie Egger is going to lose this fight, but Cortez and Rose Clark are on completely different levels in terms of grappling, in my opinion. Rose Clark is still developing that part of her game, and she's developing the rest of her game, which is uh, the the, uh, the 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 like filling out 135 pounds she used to fight at 125 she's been at 135 for the last couple fights uh but i do think uh that she might be a little bit outmatched when we get into the grappling realm In the striking things could get a little bit interesting jessica could be slightly better in that aspect but i just don't know if it's by a whole lot either what i am liking here though is uh stephanie egger via decision plus 275 is what that's at but even her submission prop at plus 800 I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that she could catch Jessica Rose slacking here. Uh, but I do think that she could uh, either win this fight via control or find a submission in her own right. And we got my guy Danny Legs back right here. Uh, Danny, we're on the Egger and Clark fight. Which wh- What side are you lo- liking there? And then ultimately, what prop do you like the most as well? We might have lost him again. I think we lost him. God we lost him. Again, I appreciate you guys uh sticking with your boy. Let me see if I can get Danny right back in here. It looks like he booted himself out to come back in. Uh again, a little bit of an impromptu episode of propping you up here. Uh and, and then again, I really appreciate my guy Danny Legs hopping in to save the show. Hopefully his connection is going to start to pick up and then we can keep this thing
1: going. There he is. Good, good Danny.
0: Now. Oh yeah. We're back. We're back. Jessica Rose Clark, Stephanie, okay, Edgar, right. should we what do you like?
1: Yep. Okay. So we should be good from here on out. I'm almost going through that bad connection now, almost there. We should be good to go for the right here on out. Um, Honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm on the, I'm on the opposite side here. I like Jessica Rose Clark here and I haven't moved in on a bet myself and I'm just kind of waiting. Cause it's kind of been one way traffic, but I think that obviously I, Judo players in general aren't great off their back. Luke mentioned that on our podcast last wow. night. I think that JRC, if she wanted to, could land takedowns here herself. But I don't think that's the smart strategy here. I think the smart strategy here is keep this standing. She's got the cleaner, crisper striker. She has the cleaner, crisper striking here. And yeah, I pretty much think that JRC could win this fight anywhere she wants to. She could win this fight standing, she could take this fight to the ground, win it standing, or win it on the ground. Um, her by decision plus 160. Don't hate the look. I just think that the levels on the ground, when JRC is on top, I think that she could end up finding a finish. But again, not, not to too degree of a confidence for the finish. But I just like JRC in general. I think the money line solid play enough um, and wouldn't get too cute about it. But JRC, by decision, if you had to make me pick a prop on it.
0: Okay. Okay. I like to hear the perspective on the other side as well. I'm interested to see what the sizing will do in terms of the the strength and how that plays in part. uh How this matches up because Jocelyn Edwards was, you know, she didn't have much strength to offer in that fight. The takedowns came very easy for uh, Jessica Rose Clark. uh Sarah Alpar on paper supposed to be a better wrestler than Jessica Rose Clark. She was able to get that done as well. I'm interested to see if she can do that here against. Um, uh Stephanie Edgar as well and we're only a few short days away from finding out if that's the case but I, I do believe yeah. that me and Danny are on the and same the thing uh is, go ahead go ahead
1: I was gonna say with with Edwards too she might she's not a very strong and physically imposing girl but she's a big girl
0: yeah she's she's tall, she's she's tough to tall down. for sure so
1: I, I think that that, that fight in general, that fight was a great yeah I think that fight was a great lead up into this fight for her for sure
0: for sure. All right. Uh, but uh, we do agree on the fact that we could see this go the full 15 minutes and uh fight goes to decision currently sits at minus 175, minus 200 for anybody interested in taking that bit of chalk all right let's move on to the next fight here uh the fight talked about pretty much all week that a lot of people seem to be on both sides about uh gabriel benitez the veteran going up against uh david onama making his sophomore trip to the octagon here in terms of odds we're currently looking at minus 150 for onama plus 130 the return on gabriel benitez now this opened up closer to a pickem, and uh a ton of money coming in on the onama side uh and uh i personally don't understand it myself i'll let you make your case first and then i'll i'll uh, I'll trickle on anything else that I feel like you may have uh, left out on. What What do you like here? And then ultimately what prop do you like the most?
1: So I know a lot of people are taking their, planting their flags really hard on both on you see both sides the Gabriel Benita side. And we see the Onama that people are really planting their flags this week on the matchup. And to me, it's like, I just don't think it's a matchup you can be super confident on. You know, Gabriel Benita is obviously that seasoned veteran. He's got the cleaner, crisper striking here. It's just more or less, is he going to get caught in that 15 minutes and get, Put out by David Onama because we've seen his durability questioned a lot lately. Um, but I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's just crazy lining Gabriel Benitez as a dog to David Onama's the, the fact, the strength of schedule that we've seen from him. It's just really tough to go out there and say, oh, he should be 60% implied here against a season vet like Benitez. I like Benitez here. Don't have too t- strong of a play from a money line perspective. I'm not going out there and looking to play him, but I think um, if from a prop angle, I think him by decision at 3 to 1. I think it's a solid angle.
0: I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm actually on the Benitez side myself. I haven't made the bet, but I'm just waiting to see where the line starts to drift. I've, you know, on Pinnacle, I saw it closer to like plus 120 yesterday. Now I'm seeing it closer to the plus 130, plus 135 range. I'm hoping that it hits plus 140, plus 150. I'm just trying to be very uh, disciplined and and patient in regards to that line movement because I just want to extract as much value from it as I can. Yeah, I I said earlier this week, I feel like, the uh, the the overreaction on David Onama's performance against Mason Jones is making him the favorite in this fight. Yeah, he was able to ding up Mason Jones a bunch, but that's how Mason Jones fights. He's never going to be able to cover that minus five hundred unless he's fighting a guy like Alan Patrick. There's no way. That's the reason he was minus 500 against David Onama, right? Uh, He's going to get dinged up. If you watch his cage warriors fights, the guy does not care about getting hit because he can always fall back either on his grappling or even just his power punching of his own right. But David Onama was able to hit him up a lot more than people expected him to gabriel will be a lot more difficult to track down he'll be a lot more difficult to hit as cleanly as people are making it out to be uh and uh, benitez in terms of his durability issue yeah i know he got finished by billy q last time around but you know that's a billy q finish nobody can replicate a billy q finish which is just continuously pressuring you until you break and then eventually get you out of there that's exactly what he did and then i think the last time before that that benitez got finished was uh the sudik yusuf crazy power puncher i'd you know, I don't think Onama has that so deusive type of knockout power. I'm sure he has knockout power. Don't get me wrong, but like my guy Magic said earlier this week, he's knocking out taxi drivers. <laughs> you know, what I mean, he's beating these taxi drivers on the regional scene in a hometown promotion of his, where he's getting uh, fed some of these favorable matchups. Like his last fight before coming to the UFC was against a 37-year-old 6 fight veteran. Not often you see somebody 37 years old with only six fights in their professional MMA career. And it seemed like he was giving Onama a little bit too much respect. And that's where Onama was able to take over and then eventually find the finish in his own right. But I think that Benitez could stay a little bit safer. I think he could lead the dance with his kicking game. Obviously, one of the better southpaws in the game. Uh, That inside leg kick, that body kick. uh, He's very good at doing uh, or landing those shots. And I'm just not sure if Onama has faced that type of offense in the past. So yeah, we can say about you know say what you want about Benitez's durability, but I think it's being slightly overstated here. Sure, Onama could knock him out; it's absolutely a possibility. And in terms of uh, the the number on that uh, Onama by KO is currently sitting at plus 140. Uh, but on the flip side, I think Benitez has finishing ability as well. Like how often has Onama been tested by getting ripped to the body as much as possible, or you know just having a slick, crisp striker like Benitez across from him? Uh Benitez has always been the guy that's kind of been underrated, right? Uh a lot of people kind of just look at him and just be like, "Oh, you know, he's he's just another journeyman inside the UFC. He's going to beat the Justin Janes of the world." And I've even saw this one comment about um who has Gabriel Benitez beaten that's still inside the UFC. What makes you think that David O'Nama is good enough to stay in the UFC? You know what I mean, like it's it's the same shit. Like it's it doesn't it doesn't really give me any information as to why Benitez is going to lose this fight just because all of his wins are against guys that are no longer in the UFC. Onama will likely be one of those guys as well if he does not go out there and perform this weekend. So uh, a couple of spots that I'm looking at in terms of props uh the under two and a half which is an alternate line uh sits at minus 140 don't mind that uh benitez by ko plus 500 don't mind that um I- i'm giving onama the benefit of the doubt that he is durable and he should be able to take some shots because he did take some pretty big shots from mason jones in that fight um. So, uh, the the prop that I put out in my best bets and props article was Benitez by decision at plus two seventy five. But that, but that plus five hundred Benitez KO is whispering in my ear right now, and I might have to trickle a little bit on that. Uh, anything else you want to add to this fight, or do you want to uh, move on from here?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not, not nothing, nothing, not a ton to add from my side. I think it's just going to be one of the better fights of this lackluster card, and should should be a good one
0: i love it i love it i love it all right let's move on to the next fight here uh mario bautista taking in uh uh, taking on short notice jay perron uh it seems like we finally got odds for that fight uh and that's currently sticking at i thought we had odds for that oh there it is uh minus 320 mario bautista plus 250 the return on jay perron and good god was it tough to get through that tape for jay perron because that guy oof Uh, not not, kind of rough uh regional tape trying to especially watch him during his cage titans run literally just holding guys up against the cage and you know credit to him he's able to maintain those positions he's able to get takedowns every now and then but that really seems to be the majority of his game is trying to go for takedowns trying to grapple his opponents and just kind of grind them out that way uh bautista i believe he's holding a 70 plus percent uh I, i should have had this number ready to go for you guys here but uh mario bautista Uh, has a, yeah, 70% takedown defense rate. Trevin Jones went all of three on takedowns, uh, but obviously Trevin Jones didn't need the takedown because he eventually found that knockout blow but I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of Jay Perron looking to get the takedown here and, and try to grind him out. I think Bautista will be ready to go for that. Uh, I, I believe he's scheduled to fight Kali Taha, who's known as a power striker, but also has a wrestling game of his own. So I'm sure he's been drilling some wrestling there. Uh, I think Bautista will be successful in terms of keeping this fight on the feet and kind of picking apart Peron from distance. And I do think that he'll actually uh, find that finish at a certain point here as well. Uh, Bautista inside the distance, plus 170. I don't mind that. Um, but i still want to see what perron brings to the table and this is not a perron that's hopping off the couch this is a perron that was scheduled to fight in two weeks so the guy's in shape the guy's ready to go the guy's in las vegas already he's training at syndicate mma so we'll see if he can translate that into a win here two weeks earlier than he was supposed to but i think he's biting off more than he can chew here and a guy in bautista who's going to be way slicker on the feet and i think he'll eventually be able to find that knockout blow uh bautista inside the distance plus 170 that's what i'm rolling with what do you like here
1: So I didn't actually get a chance to look at this new guy, David Perron. But to be honest, we talked about it a little bit on our, our podcast last night. And John made a great point about it. And it's, it's really tough to really lay chalk on Mario Batista, especially this kind of number, given the kind of style that he brings. He's not an overt power puncher. He's not a guy that's going to be shooting, you know, 10 takedowns a fight. He's not a guy really that pumps out a ton of volume. He's just kind of like your average serviceable, good at everything in general MMA kind of guy. So it's like, it's tough really laying this kind of number. I understand the kind of number considering these, this short notice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I like Mario Batista here. Um, obviously, I haven't, like I said, didn't really do any tape on the, the new guy coming in. But Batista is a serviceable guy that unless you put him out, he's probably going to end up winning, winning more often than not.
0: Yeah, I just don't see that knockout power from Perron. That makes me sketched out that uh, he'll actually be able to find that blow here against Bautista, which has been his kryptonite in the past, even when he's pitching like almost perfect fight uh, and then goes out there and gets knocked out, especially in that Trevin Jones fight, which is very rough for him as well. If I'm not mistaken, he almost had Trevin Jones out of there at the ending of that first round as well uh, before he ended up getting ended himself. All right, let's move on to the next fight here. Uh, Prelim headliner, another short-notice spot. We got Jonathan Pierce taking on short-notice replacement Christian Rodriguez. Uh, Obvious chalk here on the Jonathan Pierce side, which is currently sitting at... Uh, minus 365, plus 280 the return on Christian Rodriguez. Now, most people will remember Christian Rodriguez from the Dana White contender series, uh, where he was able to take out uh, Tracy Cortez's brother, Reyes Corte- uh, Cortez, and uh, Reyes Cortez actually has the same trading camp as one Jonathan Pierce. So I'm sure they already had the blueprint for this Rodriguez guy, But f- but luckily for them now, they have a much better soldier to send out there and implement that game plan, which will more than likely be takedowns, takedowns, takedowns. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Jonathan Pierce has a five-inch height advantage on uh, Christian Rodriguez, uh, and I think that's just going to be a little bit too much to deal, not to mention the strength discrepancy that we'll likely see here. I think Jonathan Pierce will be able to drag this fight to the ground and pose as well. Uh, Rodriguez... Seems like he has potential, man. The guy has some good hands. He has some good movement. Uh, obviously, trains out of Rufus Sport in, in Milwaukee. Uh, good coaches, good training partners. But I think that this uh, this spot is just not a good look for him. Coming in on short notice against a guy like JSP, whose you know, bread and butter is to use his strength to help muscle his opponents. He's going to be doing that against a much smaller opponent here. Uh, this could be one of those spots where it's like, uh where the size actually does play a factor, right? Kay Hansen against Jasmine Jazz uh Luana Carolina versus uh Lupita Godinez. I know those are women MMA belts, but they still have a good uh kind of uh plot that um that we can compare to this fight with Jonathan Pierce. So I do like uh, Pierce here. I actually like Pierce inside the distance as well, because I do think his size is going to be a little bit too much for Rodriguez to deal with, especially when Pierce gets on top. We've seen Pierce go out there and take out guys like Omar Morales and Kai Kamako, who have been very difficult to take out already. And he did those fights as an underdog. Now he's finally, well, I guess you got to give him the respect now at minus 365 against a short-nurse guy like Christian Rodriguez. But I think they're ready to go. They have the blueprint on this Rodriguez guy. Um uh pierce inside the distance uh minus 135 right now so money coming in i think i saw him at plus 115 yesterday but i think he gets it done inside the distance here last thing i'll say about christian and i'll bring it on over to you i think the cat has some solid potential the guy has good striking he has good movement Uh, i think he could have a couple wins inside the ufc it just needs to happen in his weight class this is not his weight class so uh yeah uh, a tough debut in the ufc for christian rodriguez and i think jsp gets it done inside the distance how do you feel here
1: yeah, i'll continue it along there i, I think that and, and jsp in general is a tough guy to to fight against let alone making your ufc debut i mean he's again kind of similarly not obviously the same as bautista but he's a guy that's serviceable everywhere he's a good striker he's a good grappler he's got good cardio he's got good volume i mean the only really knock on him is that he kind of blocks punches with his face. His defense isn't exactly the best. And, you know, laying, you know, like like now, minus 340 on him. Again, it's tough. But I think that he's got all the skills to get Rodriguez out of there inside the distance. I think inside the distance is around that even money, plus 100. I like it if you were doing that, any kind of spot. I like the unders here. Um, yeah, again, Moneyline perspective, it's tough really just laying it on JSP, just given his defense in general. But I think he should largely be okay here.
0: I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, just about to move on to the main card here. want to remind the 80-plus live viewers that we currently have. Make sure you guys smash that like. Smash that subscribe as well. And then I have the Club and Sub podcast linked in the description below. Make sure you guys go show them some love. They do their shows every Wednesday evening, 10 p.m. Eastern. And then, obviously, follow my guy, Danny, as well, at Danny underscore legs. Or is it legs underscore capper? Did you change it?
1: It is, it, is, it is changed now to this. So it's now Danny underscore
0: legs. There you go. Add Danny underscore legs on Twitter. Make sure you guys go show him some love. If I'm not mistaken, he drops some football plays for you guys as well. Uh, football, like the soccer, not like the football. Actually, I here think you there. do some NFL as well, if I'm not yep, mistaken. This guy, this guy this is a jack of all trades. So make sure you guys go show yes, him some love. Yes, Exactly. There we go. All right. Let's move on to the main card here. We got Joaquin Buckley going up against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. This fight was scheduled to take place last month. I believe COVID uh, forced this fight back, but luckily we are still getting it. We got minus 165 on Buckley, plus 145 the return on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. And all week, all I've been seeing is people saying this fight will more than likely not go the distance. I feel like people have just not learned the lessons, though, because when we get guys like this, sometimes they get a little bit lackadaisical inside the cage. They get a little bit shy. They don't want to throw the power. Uh, they don't want to get risked getting uh, countered and getting knocked out in the, their own right. And I could absolutely see this fight turning into a 15-minute a kickboxing fight, which is why does, one of the lines that I actually really like here is uh, either Joaquin Buckley by decision at plus 550 or even the fight to go to decision at uh, plus 240. Um Again, Al Hassan, the majority of his losses have come via decision, except on one where he got starched by Chaos Williams quickly here. But I do think that uh, we'll see a slightly better version of Al Hassan now that it's going to be a striking, second training camp over there at Elevation Fight Team in Denver, Colorado. Um, Buckley does have a little bit of a suspect chin. Obviously, we saw him get uh, head kicked by Alessio DiCurico, and then on the flip side, we see Alessio DiCurico get head kicked by uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan in the next fight. Hilarious how it just keeps passing on to each other. But uh, yeah, I can see this fight just being one of those stalemate type of spots. Well, you know, we, we know Buckley's style likes to go out there and throw heavy combinations, and Al-Hassan, outside of the Chaos Williams fight, very durable, very tough to put away, right? al struggled to put him away. Omari Ahmedov struggled to put him away. Munir Lezez struggled to put him away uh and I think he has a solid chin uh Buckley has some decent p- knockout power but when he doesn't knock his guys out he still maintains that forward pressure heavy combinations and keeps just trying to get his opponent out of there but is unsuccessful more often than not last thing I saw about this matchup that I'll pass on over to you Buckley seems to be aligning himself now with the extreme couture extreme couture recently turning Francis Ngannou into Francis Ngannou Medov are we going to see Buckley Ngannou Medov or uh, uh, Buckley Medov this weekend that's a, absolutely a possibility right that has been a viable way to get uh Al-Hassan out of there especially without uh, uh you know uh, not having to deal with the big power coming back your way as well but my my tinfoil hat conspiracy of the week is going to be this goes to a decision at plus 240 and I might even sprinkle Buckley via decision plus one uh plus 550 as I do think he'll be more active in terms of the striking realm here how do you like this one?
1: hot take coming from you I, I i think you're one of the only people i've heard taking the uh goes the distance on this fight <laughs> um but yeah i i think it was really funny actually our uh our buddy cody sapphic really i think he actually broke this fight down perfectly like when he first started this off it's like okay the fight's announced i like i like buckley here lines announced okay i i like buckley it's not bad then you run the tape and it's like do I, do I like Buckley here a lot? Do I like it? Like this seems <laughs> like this could be the fight on the card where it's like, this is the dog that like, like you don't have conviction really a ton on that Buckley line, minus 165. It's like, these guys are probably gonna throw down. There's probably not gonna be a ton of wrestling involved, even though that would be the likely path for Buckley. More often than not, I think these guys are likely gonna swing and I don't have a play on the under one and a half, but I largely think that in hindsight, it could look like a super sharp play. There's not gonna be a ton of wrestling involved. They're just gonna throw down and somebody's gonna get slept early. Um, but yeah, I, for me, I like the under one and a half here from a prop perspective. But again, not too highly of it. But if you're gonna if you're gonna bet this fight, Al Hassan round one KO plus four fifty. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I find it silly that i skipped out even in the Alessio De fight that I skipped out on Al Hassan plus six hundred round one. That's how he gets his shit done. You know, I mean, uh, in this fight right yeah. here, we got uh, Al-Hassan yeah. round one currently sitting at plus 475, plus 300 at a couple of spots. Might be just an auto bet considering that's usually his win condition. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll stick with my hot take on the uh, Buckley View decision spot here. Uh, again, I think he'll just have more uh, work that he's <laughs> going to be putting uh, forward here compared to the knockout blows that are likely to be coming from the Al-Hassan side. We'll see how it goes down. All right, let's move on to the next fight here. We got, uh, oh, my real, guy real
1: quick, real quick.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Oh yeah. So last thing I know our, our boy, John just pulled out earlier this week, but he actually had a great prop on this, uh, on this fight. So he has, uh, Joaquin Buckley decision only. So if this fight goes the distance, obviously. And Buckley wins by decision. You cash your bet. And if it ends inside the distance, obviously that doesn't that null no, and void Buckley by decision only is only minus minus one twenty five. Ooh. I don't really see how Al Hassan's winning a decision yeah. here. I think if he's going to connect at all, I think I think he probably knocks him out, and this fight ends inside the distance. So, pick him line on decision only. I think that's a no brainer. So like great, it. great find by John.
0: I can't wait till I have access to those types of props. Like I think that's like what a FanDuel or a DraftKings type of thing. I can't find any pro- or, or websites up here in Canada, or at least in the Toronto yeah. area, that I can do
1: that. Yeah, DraftKings largely is the one that I know that does it in the States. Um, I know Fandle at the moment, they've added no scorecards, but they don't have decision only at the moment.
0: There you go. If you guys have access to that, I think that's a very good spot. Minus 125 and then it gets voided if he gets knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. I like that spot i like that spot all right let's move on to the next fight here uh we got my oh sorry uh, i got a little bit antsy there i thought we got my guy coming up next but it's actually jim miller against nicholas mota in terms of odds we got minus 180 for mota plus 155 the return on jim miller uh another fight that was scheduled for a couple months ago and or a while ago i should say um but now luckily they're finally uh getting it done here uh interesting line right because i think earlier there were roughly around even money when their first schedule against each other and then i think jim miller has that eric gonzalez fight and now all of a sudden nicholas Mota sitting at minus 180. a uh, couple of spots that i like here and i know you like it as well as the under two and a half which is currently sitting around minus 140. uh fight doesn't go to decision at minus 140 minus 150 depending on what you're looking at but pretty simple fight. Nicholas Mota wants to go out there and strike with Jim Miller, try to knock his ass out or Jim Miller is going to be looking to ground this fight and try to get his submission or his BJJ game going on. And uh, I I think jim miller is not completely lost on the feet here he's shown in a couple other fights that he can still crack on the feet obviously in the uh, eric gonzalez fight that was something that's very um obvious uh if he cracks Mota here he could definitely have some uh success there but i do think that the majority of this fight if it stays on the feet will be nicholas Mota touching up jim miller and then eventually finding that knockout blow at a certain point but the ground game of mota is a little bit of a concern so if miller does drag this fight to the ground Finishing opportunities present themselves, in my opinion. So the unders is what I'd, I'd be looking at. Uh, but the, in terms of a side, I ended up going on the Nicholas Mota side. And Mota by Gayo is cr- currently sitting around plus 150, plus 200, depending on the book that you have. Uh, but I think we see violence here. Either or, I don't mind taking a little bit of chalk on the under just so I can cash this no matter who it is getting it done. Uh, last thing I'll say, and then I'll pass it on over to you. Um, Miller by submission, currently sitting at plus 350. Absolutely a possibility. How do you see this one going down?
1: Yeah, you know, similar to you, I have the under here. And to be honest with you, I could not believe that they hung a plus symbol next to the under two and a half in a Jim Miller fight because we know every, like, pretty much every Jim Miller fight, it's either Jim getting his opponent out of there in the first seven and a half minutes or he doesn't have the cardio and he likely gets finished in the latter two rounds. So I think it's largely similar here. We see Jim having a huge grappling edge early in this fight. And if he's not able to get Mata out of there, I think Mata is more than capable of knocking him out. So under two and a half plus money, I think that's a no-brainer. I think John mentioned it on our show last night. I believe Miller round one sub is sitting at plus 850.
0: Yeah, plus 750, plus Miller round one
1: sub is at plus 800, so don't hate it.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, All right. Let's keep this thing moving along. Next up, we got uh, Parker Porter, my guy. Parker Porter taking on Alan Baudot heavyweight scrap right here. And this is one of those heavyweight fights where we have a little bit of a skewed fight. It doesn't go to the decision line, which I think is a very good spot here. Currently sitting around minus 200, minus 180 on a couple of spots. Uh, in terms of odds, chalk on Parker Porter, minus 265, plus 250 in the return on Alan Baudot. Now, Alan Baudot is kind of the laughingstock of the UFC in a sense, right? The guy just goes out there and more often than not just gets put down or, uh, you know, his gas tank really screws with him and he, he gets put out in the second round. But the guy has some decent hands, man. And we saw that fully on display against Rodrigo Nascimento. Had him on Wobbly Street a bunch of times. But unfortunately, come the second round, comes off flat footed seems like the energy was completely zapped from him. And then we saw Nascimento get him out of there with some strikes. Uh, Parker Porter, his durability has held up pretty well in his last two fights. Uh, I believe his fight against Chris Dawkins was super short notice. I believe he cut 30 pounds in two weeks, which I absolutely believe is not good for your durability at all. But even if he did have a full training camp for that, Christakis is just much quicker to the punch, faster. Oh, excuse me. Faster. And obviously has uh, a bunch of knockout power as well. Um, so this could get hairy for Porter in the first round. Uh, I, I see Baudou. Currently sitting round one is a plus 650. I think that's a damn good head spot if you find yourself too deep on the Parker Porter side. But as soon as that second round starts, I think Parker starts to take over. Um, I think he starts to look for takedowns. And then I think we see him wrap up one of his patented either Kimuras or Americana submissions here. Because Bado has nothing to offer on the ground, guys. I can tell you that with supreme confidence. Even before coming to the UFC, uh, got submitted by somebody that used to be at the gym that I worked at, uh, Todd Stout. That guy was mainly a striker, mainly looking to go out there and knock your head off. But he was having absolute grappling success against Baudot, eventually submitting him in that fight. First-ever submission on his record, if I'm not mistaken. And again, everybody at the gym was like, holy fuck, he actually pulled off a submission. Everybody was surprised that he got a submission that night. That just lets you know what kind of level uh, ground game that Alan Baudot has here. But Parker Porter has a decent ground game, man. The guy has a couple of submission victories on his record, and this is absolutely one of those spots that he can go out there and replicate that. Parker Porter, via submission, is currently sitting at plus 650, plus 700 on a couple of spots. That's where my degenerate money is going for this fight. But... Uh, A solid spot, in my opinion, is the fight doesn't go to decision, which is hanging at minus 200. I think that's a gift of a line concerning the two guys that we got here. And I think it's very much skewed because Porter has been going to decision in his last two fights. That changes here because the ingredient in Alan Baudot will cause this fight to go inside the distance. So let's go Parker Porter, Parker Porter sub. How are you liking this one?
1: Yeah, man, you let the cat right out of the bag. One of my best prop bets is a uh, Parker Porter by sub at plus 700. I love it a lot. I mean, I think I think the game plan obviously is you know pretty simple here. He's got to minus P's and Q's early in that first round. But I think standing, I think Parker Porter is the better striker. I think obviously takedowns should come without without much issue at all. And I like there's obviously a um there's a sub combo bet on Fandle. They have Parker Porter by sub in round two or three and that's sitting at 16 to one and then obviously i already have a half unit stab on the uh plus 700 uh, by sub so yeah i think the game plan is pretty simple i think porter has has his way on the feet i think he has his way on the ground and yeah minus 280 it might might look like a little bit wide but i think it's more than justified
0: yeah. Yeah. Again, weather the storm early and start to take over later. I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. But I'd rather be covered on both sides. What that fight doesn't go to decision. Uh, and again, plus seven hundred on a sub prop that seems very live in this spot. Let's fucking go, Parker Porter fan club. Let's 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 mount yep. up and let's fucking get this uh, get this cash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the co main sure, event sure. here. We got Kyle Dawkins coming in at minus 280, and good God, Jamie Pickett finding himself in the Coleman event slot here. He's coming in at plus 225. Obviously, he's stepping in on short notice. Uh, Dockus, I believe, uh, was scheduled to fight. Why is it escaping my brain right now? Uh, he was scheduled to fight Julian, uh, Julian Marquez. Marquez. Yeah, Julian Marquez was who you was supposed to go up against. Uh You know a lot easier of a fight for him this time around jamie pickett you know he's been defying the odds over his last couple fights uh and and even strung together a two-fight winning streak unfortunately i think that comes to a halt here as uh, kaldakis is likely better than him pretty much everywhere in the clinch i think he's going to be looking for takedowns Uh, i think his striking is developing uh jamie pickett has all the physical tools to be one of the best fighters out there but he just doesn't have the style or the game plan or or the traits required to uh, achieve what his physical standards uh, have for him. But uh, he could potentially make this fight close uh, in, in certain spots. If he does end up being the stronger of the two in these clinch positions, maybe he could start to reverse position. But I think as soon as docus gets this fight to the ground, he should have uh, success in either holding him down or finding his submission. I'm finding it tough to pick a specific prop for this fight because uh, I, I feel like it could either be a finish or or a decision for Kyle Dorcus, uh just kind of putting a gun to my head, I'd, I'd go fight goals decision minus 135 you know docus maybe just try to play it safe as possible Pickett will be hard to put away obviously uh he is quite durable I think the last time he got finished as of recently was Jordan Wright where he was just going for desperation takedowns and got elbowed to smithereens and then eventually got finished uh right after that um yeah I'm gonna go docus docus via decision not with much conviction though and that line is currently sitting at uh plus 120 how do you see this one go down
1: this is similar to you i was thinking earlier in the week it's like so what's what's the best method of victory here is it dockets by subs dockets by decision but then i was looking at again fandle again fandle has a lot of great props that uh that we take advantage of and fandle has docus by sub or decision at minus 165 and i think that's a hell of a line i think that in the clinch obviously i think he's much better i think standing striking obviously he's got to minus his p's and q's again Pickett's a decent striker but he just doesn't he lacks the output and lacks the volume and like the willingness to throw on the feet and i think doc is just going to be able to take advantage of it get it to the clinch get takedowns when he needs to and like you touched on i don't know if it's going to be able to find a sub or if this ends up going the distance but i i like that sub decision line minus 165 i think that's a hell of a line for this
0: i like it as well shout out to our guy nick dillard in the chat reminding me that uh, Pickett was subbed by charles bird on the contender series but i think people just uh talk a little bit too down on charles bird right i think people don't give him the credit that he actually deserved he was a little bit older coming into the ufc and i Mm -hmm. think people are just running off easily there yeah sure if charles bird can submit him also obviously uh should be able to but you gotta believe that pickett has pickett has been making some improvements during that amount of time it's been a while since we saw that fight uh so i don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Dawkins wraps up the submission. it's a possibility Get me wrong, but I wouldn't uh you know put all my eggs right. in that basket and say, okay, all the money on dog is via sub. Uh, but I think he wins. Uh, I think he's worth the chalk at this point. Uh, but uh the the, the method of victory is still a little bit of a, uh up in the air for me, as it seems to be for daddy legs as well. But sub yep, slash decision sure. on uh Fandua, fucking hit that shit. I'd be surprised if he knocks him out on this spot. All right. <clears throat> Main event time. And I'd uh, like to take this opportunity to remind the 100 live viewers that we currently have. Make sure you guys hit that like, hit that, subscribe, uh, and then show my guy Danny some love. Give him a follow on Twitter and obviously the podcast that he does, which is the Club and Sub podcast, every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Link is in the, des- the description below for him and those hooligans. All right, Danny, we got the main event here, minus 240 on Jamal Hill, plus 195 the return on Johnny Walker. Somewhat of a short notice main event, right? They were originally scheduled for three rounds. I believe they were a co-main event. Then we had the whole physio and Dos Anjos uh, debacle that happened. Their pushback back now to uh, uh, March 5th, uh, UFC 272. And they add an extra two rounds to this light heavyweight fight. Who knows if they'll actually need it. But we did also see Walker and Santos go the full 25 minutes last time around. Still can't swallow that pill is what it is. Uh, but I think we have a solid ingredient here in Jamal Hill to make sure that fight doesn't go to decision hits this time. As... He, he doesn't mind getting a little bit more reckless than what Tiago Santos has been doing as of late, right? Back in the day, Tiago Santos used to be that guy that didn't worry about discipline, didn't worry about you know being the sharpest striker or the crispest striker. But now he's been playing it a little bit more safer than he has uh, earlier in his career. Jamal Hill, on the other hand, it, he can snipe you from the outside still. And I think if Johnny Walker wants to continue fainting and only kicking and waiting to throw his hands and just continues to wait and wait, and wait and doesn't throw like he did in that fight against Thiago Santos. Jamal Hill is just going to find that chin eventually and he's going to be able to put him down. Um, I do think Jamal Hill finds the knockout in this spot. Um, I'm still kicking myself for completely swinging on him uh from you know picking him to be paul craig uh thinking he's worth the juice in that fight and then just completely dismissing him in the jimmy crude fight and not even bothering taking the stab on him there as the underdog but he made quick work of jimmy crude that night i think he's going to make quick work of johnny walker this evening or this weekend as well uh jamal hill round one plus 200 jamal hill round two plus 500 jamal hill via ko minus 150 give me some sort of combination of those and i'll be happy how do you see this one go down
1: yeah similar to you i'm praying that this fight does get finished because you know as you know as you might know i had five units on that fight to not go to not start round four at minus 168 thinking it was a hell of a line but then hindsight looking at it again it's like okay well maybe i did see this coming you know santos coming off the acl surgeries mcl surgeries you know maybe he's not gonna he's gonna be you know more tentative. He's not going to let his hands go. He's not going to be as explosive. And, you know, that's kind of what we saw go down in their last fight. But with Hill, it's like the dude constantly popping out volume, popping out strikes here and there. It's really tough for me to see this fight going the distance and going into that fourth round. So I think I took an alternate under here, under two and a half rounds at minus 175. Fandle still has the fight doesn't start round four at minus 190. I know it's chalky, but I think Hill is the recipe for this fight not going the distance and not so much more on the Walker side. Even if we get a more patient Johnny Walker, well, Hill's not just going to stand there. Hill's going to piece him up, and he's going to be able to pretty much nuke him, I think, at any point. Um, I think Hill KO minus 130 is good. Um, again, like I was talking about earlier with the submission combos, Fandle's been doing great with um, – they have combo props for the, for, the, for the main event. They have Hill by KO in round one, two, or three at plus 115. I think that's a great line as well
0: i either need to move down to to the states or whatever it may be i might have to invest in fan duel invest in DraftKings, and get them to fucking come north of the border because those are some great props i love those props absolutely <laughs> yeah i like it there and i like that you touched on it as well in terms of jamal hill being the ingredient that we need for this fight to not go to the decision he's not going to be you know he is disciplined to a certain extent but i think that his power and his sniping ability will be more than enough to find that chin of johnny walker at a certain point or If uh, Hill overextends a little bit too much, I still think that Walker has that knockout power to bring that back and get his own finish as well. All right, let's get into uh, the last segments here, which is the three best prop bets. Uh, We're going to be having four guys today. Sharing their three best prop bets. But first and foremost, let me announce who's going to be doing the ultimate weigh-in show tomorrow. We got my guy, Brandon Olivas. You guys obviously know him from doing the show with Santino DeFranco. Uh, Bets and Picks, I think, is what they're calling their show. But uh, Brandon Olivas, it's been a while. Um uh since i've had brandon on the show so i'm more than happy to have him back on the show and run it through with me as well we don't have a set time yet uh, i'm still waiting on brandon to give me what his schedule is for tomorrow but as soon as i find that out i'll be tweeting that shit out and obviously i'll be posting on my youtube channel as well so make sure you guys keep your eyes peeled brandon olivas tomorrow ultimate Wayne show all right let's get into the three best props now uh i'll kick things off uh then we'll do john's then we'll do yours and then i'll do cody so first and foremost Uh, I'm going with Porter via sub, like I said, plus 700. uh, I think it's a damn good spot. I think he eventually gets Baudot down in round two and then go from there. I really like – uh, porter and, and i think that that line is it is it reminds me of uh kyler phillips plus 500 this past weekend via sub as well so i think that this is going to be one of those spots where that hits uh but the fight doesn't go to decision is easily my favorite prop in that fight because it cover both it covers both sides and i would be remiss if i didn't actually uh mention the plus 650 on alan bowdo round one which is likely his path to victory in this fight all right, second up. I have uh Ann Halliger and Strader under two and a half at minus one sixty-five. Uh, that's what the line is currently at right now. I think one of these guys gets the finish, either Ann Halliger knockout or sub, or Strader just eventually finds that knockout of his own because the guy packs a ton of power. Unfortunately, he's just a little bit too wild and reckless at times. So I think that Ann Heliger could counter that and get his own finish. Lastly, I'm gonna go Buckley Al uh, Hassan fight goes to decision plus two forty. Like me and legs are talking about at the top of the show, not the greatest. A card for props so i really had to dig deep for one here uh and i'm gonna stick with my tinfoil hat conspiracy that we see buckley and al Hassan, uh you know have their moments maybe get some grappling involved but we see this fight go the full 50 minutes and i do think that buckley gets his hand raised here plus 550 on his decision prop as well i'm in all right i will swing it on over well i'm gonna be doing john since he's not here uh he likes porter via sub at plus 700 as well uh, his next one, he likes Benitez inside the distance at plus 350. He originally dropped uh, Benitez via KO, but he does think that submission is a possibility for him as well. Uh, but he ends up going with inside the distance plus 350. And lastly, he's going to go with Chaskelly inside the distance at plus 150. And then another guy that uh, messaged me even before we did the show here. Very tough for props this weekend. Very tough to be very confident in some certain spots. So uh, yeah. I, I don't think that this is going to be one where any of us really sweep the board with our props, but we'll see how it goes down. Uh, Legs, what do you got for your favorite props?
1: Well, I will round out the trio of Porter via sub at seven to <laughs> one. I think that line is crazy. Like you guys mentioned, and it's the clear, it's the clearest path to victory here in this fight. I mean, he's obviously gonna be able to land takedowns here. And I think that obviously, yes, a positional TKO could be in play on the map, but at seven to one, given his grappling background and Baudos lack of grappling background, I think seven to one is crazy. Um, second prop, Jim Miller, Mata, under two and a half rounds. I got that at plus money. It's still hanging at minus 115. You know, this is your traditional Jim Miller type of fight. He's either going to get that guy out in the first seven and a half minutes or is going to be able to KO him in the second or third round. I think more often than not is going to be Jim Miller being able to work his grappling, work his striking early and be able to find a finish on the mat. Um, but it wouldn't throw me out of the possibility